Welcome to The Readout, a conversation series with State Department spokesperson Heather Nauert. This discussion is with Holocaust survivor Zygmunt Rolat and Special Envoy for Holocaust Issues Tom Yezgerty. This week marks the commemoration of the Holocaust. It's uh, something that in the United States and around the world is recognized every single year, known as the Days of Remembrance. At the State Department today, we held a screening of an incredible documentary about a woman who was responsible for saving thousands of lives from the Polish ghetto during the Holocaust. And I'd like to introduce you to a couple uh, incredible guests that we hosted here at the State Department to talk a little bit about her story and about the Holocaust and how we remember the Holocaust today. Uh, first, I'd like to introduce you all to a Holocaust survivor, uh, Mr. Zygmunt Rolot, who is from Poland, and you've been in the United States since you were 17 years old. And sir, if I can say, it's incredible to look over here and see so many of your family members here with you. Uh, looking forward to hearing your story. Also, our uh, U.S. Special Envoy, who handles Holocaust issues, Tom Yazigurdi. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for the work that you do. Uh, let's start off talking about uh, the screening here at the State Department of Arena Sadler's story. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and uh, how you all became involved. Well, every year we, we commemorate the Days of Remembrance, as do other U.S. government agencies. And uh, the Polish embassy came to us, and uh, who knows uh, Mr. Rolot very well, and said they had an idea uh, to bring Mr. Rolot, who knew Irina Sandler well. Uh, and as you mentioned, Irina Sandler saved over 2,500 Jewish children from the Warsaw Ghetto. And we incorporated that into this year's commemoration, which we just had. And uh, we screened the film about her life, this remarkable woman's life. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Rolot uh, addressed the audience and, uh, and told us about how he knew Irina Sandler. Mm -hmm how he got her, her story out, and his own experiences, some horrific, as a Holocaust survivor. So we were just uh, really honored to have Mr. Rolot here with his family. His grandson was on stage with him uh, to share, and this is open, by the way, to the entire State Department family, uh, to share his story, and to it was incredibly, not only one of survival, but very inspirational as well. Sir, what would you like uh, for people to know about your experience, your survival? Well, uh, I usually talk about, uh, when we talk about the war years, uh, how uh, misplaced is sometimes, you know, the commentary that Jews were killed like sheep, that they didn't fight. And I usually point, you know, to my personal history, to our family, to our small family, where my brother was the youngest of six partisans, young partisans. He was the youngest at 18. The oldest was 24 years old. And uh, they uh, uh, were denounced and they were uh, 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 captured by the uh, Gestapo in Częstochowa. And uh, they... Uh, spent for a whole night they were tortured uh, and not one of the six uh, betrayed their real names not one of the six even though tortured terribly told the Germans where they got their arms 
and uh, in the morning they were taken to the Jewish cemetery and shot. And, and my father died in the Treblinka uprising in, uh, in 1943, when uh, Jews rose up and uh, most of them died, but uh, Treblinka was no more. The death factory was destroyed by Jews. So uh, of that, I'm proud. But certainly it's important to point out, especially to those who think that uh, the Jews did not fight back sufficiently. And, uh, and of course we meet today uh, to celebrate uh, not only Yom HaShoah, but also the 75th anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto uprising, that heroic uprising, yes. And part of what brought you here today to the State Department was for the screening of documentary about a woman who uh, defied the Nazis. Uh, she was able to help thousands of children escape the Warsaw Ghetto. Uh, this is a story that you've been passionate about and you've wanted to keep this story alive. I've met Irena Sandler a number of times and uh, uh, I must tell you that uh, she was a saint. Mm. All I can say is that when she took my hands and held them, I couldn't hold back tears. And I see still that smiling, radiant face. And I finally said, I'm so happy I met you. Thank God for you. And, uh, and of course, uh, when we talked about what she did, how she did, and so on, uh, time and again, uh, she, her only complaint is that she didn't do enough. She didn't uh, see many of the children were uh, given away uh, to the uh, Polish uh, convents and monasteries. And in a way, that was uh, the safest way because they were protected from possible denunciations and so on. They were safest there. But on the other hand, Irena Sandler's greatest worry was how will the children, how will these children be retrieved if and when the war ends and their parents are no longer there, mm -hmm. and how are we going to get these children back at least to the families? Mm. Because you followed this story very closely, how did she manage to get 2,500 children out? Well, she was a, uh, um, Irina Sendler was a social worker, really, working for the uh, city of Warsaw before the, uh, the uh, invasion, the German invasion. And so she was given uh, as a social worker, uh, she was allowed entry into the, the Warsaw Ghetto to check on, you know, uh, epidemics, typhus, that sort of thing. And as a, as a, because she had that, uh, that ability to enter the ghetto, 
she realized she had to take action to save particularly children. And the documentary goes into the very painful um, decision that Jewish mothers in the ghetto had to make I can't even imagine. when they were born, when they yeah. gave birth to give their newborn babies, uh, you know, to get them outside of the ghetto, which was an incredibly difficult decision. And so families would hand them over to her, and then she found safe haven, found for, those safe haven for those children in some of these orphanages. That's right. she and Amazing. And her team. And her team. Yeah. She said there were five others when the Germans first invaded. There was five others that uh, did the had the same idea to rescue Jewish children. I would imagine she would have faced at least persecution herself, uh, if not death, for what she did. Um, how well, she, did she, she manage to get around that? She herself was tortured. She was. That's right. She was sentenced to death. She was. Uh, and um, uh, the, the documentary goes into uh, when the Gestapo, you know, knocked on her door and then turned her apartment upside down and then arrested her and, and tortured her. Uh, and um, the story is she was um, the, uh, the Polish government in exile had an had a, a organization called Jegota, which basically was to save, uh, help to save Polish Jews. And as she was being, uh, you know, her death or execution warrant had been signed, let's say, Jagota was able to bribe some of the German guards and she was able to survive. The rest of the trans people in the transport were killed, but she was able to survive because they... It was uh, a royal ransom. Yeah. They had to bribe, and, had to bribe. Uh, what a story. and successfully. Was she ever able to reunite any of the children with their family members? In many cases, yes, but some were not reunited. Some were given over to Jewish orphanages and so on. And, uh, and many, well, some of them we learned years later. I, I was participating in one such case of a priest who actually, he was one of those in a, in, in a monastery. He decided to become a priest and actually he traveled later to Israel. He learned Hebrew and so on. He started working in Yad Vashem. But... Uh, but he was still true to his oath. And uh, he considered himself Jewish and Christian and a priest. Wow. So how do we help keep these stories alive? Through documentaries, through telling these stories. Um, this is something that you yeah, cover. We, we, we struggle with that because um, uh, there's no... Um, more powerful testimony than having a person who mm -hmm. actually lived, lived through, through it. it. Yeah. Uh, and that is actually something that our Holocaust Museum is sort of trying to figure out. There's, I don't know if you've done this, Mr. Rolot, but there's, there's actually uh, an effort underway perhaps to create holograms, believe it or not, mm. of, uh, of survivors where they can actually tell, answer, their own story. tell their own story and they're interactive. Now, some, you know, some people think it's a little odd, but uh, I actually like the idea because it's, yeah. especially for young people, it appeals to their, to their, you know, their technology, let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead of reading about it in a book or even seeing a film on it, I think actually the immediacy of having someone like that, a, a hologram of an actual survivor that you can interact with is really quite powerful. So uh, tell me how you spend your time as our special envoy uh, for Holocaust issues. Uh, what, what is your mission? My main mission is to try to engage with the governments of Central Eastern Europe uh, to get back property or some form of compensation, uh, restitution for Holocaust survivors and their families. That's the main focus of my job. 
And Heather, as you can imagine, it's not easy. It's not something governments fall over themselves to do. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you would think, seven years after the end of the war, you know, what is left, what's there left to be done? And there's actually a lot to be done. And so most of my job is, is travel, a lot of travel, going to Central and Eastern Europe countries, mm -hmm. uh, Poland, Hungary, Latvia, Croatia, others, to try to get these governments to resolve the remaining Holocaust-era property restitution mm -hmm. issues. But a part of it also uh, is Holocaust education and remembrance. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is something that uh, I, that really appeals to me also. And I get to meet people like Mr. Rolot here. I first met him just today. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's also a part of my job. And are you also working to try to um bring back art to the families perhaps who originally owned yeah. it, property, yes. things of that nature too? We are, we are. That's, that's a much more, you know, we deal mainly in immovable property, uh, you know, uh, actual real estate, but that is uh, looted art, Nazi looted art as we call it, is a, is a growing field. And we work uh, to try to get um, museums to uh, do the research, what's called provenance mm -hmm. research. Uh, and, and we have seen some successes. You probably saw the movie Woman in Gold. Mm -hmm. Now, we didn't have, our, our, my office didn't have anything to do with that, but it's, it's, uh, it goes along the lines how important this issue has become, where you'll see a work of art that's hanging in a museum, and someone will actually visit the museum and say, that's actually, that used to belong to my family. How do you know about the Austrian, uh, about yes, the movie? About the Which movie. Helps, yeah. helps tell the story yeah. of what uh, so many people went through. So as we look at remembering the Holocaust, and uh, we see that so many Holocaust survivors aren't with us today, we have the good fortune uh, that Mr. Rolot not only is a survivor, uh, but is able to tell his, uh, his story of survival. Uh, what do you want people to know about remembering the Holocaust? Well, I think it's important not just for, I think some think that it's just for, uh, commemoration for Israel or for Jews, but it's mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. It was such a tragic, uh, unique event in human history that it really has a message for all of humanity. And I think it's particularly important for young people. And we had some young students today uh, taking part, uh, participating in the event, where I was very happy to see, because that is really the target audience, let's say. They need to remember what the Holocaust, uh, what the Holocaust is, what, what, what it was about, why it's important, why we need to remember it. And we need to remember it mainly because so it never happens again. And that's the motto of the, our Holocaust Museum, and it, uh, it, it's, it's a good motto to live by. Well, uh, sir, you're a, uh, certainly a national treasure to the United States, and we are very grateful that you were able to come to the State Department today with your family and help tell the story of a woman who meant so much to you. And you described her as a saint, and really a woman who was able to save that many lives. Truly, uh, sounds like a saint, I think, to many people. And, uh, sir, for, your, for the work that you do on behalf of the American government and so many families, uh, thank you and would like to chat with you certainly again. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks a lot for, for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You were listening to The Readout, a conversation series with State Department spokesperson Heather Nauert. That was a discussion with Holocaust survivor Zygmunt Rolot and Special Envoy for Holocaust Issues Tom Yazgurdi. Join us next time.